Hello and welcome to Duelist Community Raw, Episode 6. I am you, and I've said that many times before, and I don't know, recently it's getting clearer and clearer, and seeing that Andrew really is just a tool, an expression of the reality of what I am, and the less tightly I cling to that story, the more I see is available to experience and influence this reality and, and see the truth of my potential without so much cutting myself off from the flow of what is, from what you are. It's always and only ever here and now. And I am also deeply suspicious that I might be you. And the reason is simply because I'm not anything I think. And no matter what I think, that doesn't encapsulate everything that I am. And so the only thing that could remain is you. If I'm not what I think and I'm part of your reality, that must be you because you're not what I think either. And so without our thoughts, the only thing that remains is us or me and you or a single I, however you'd like to put it. This episode of Dualistic Unity Raw gets interesting and lots of fun. And I hope that you enjoy the conversation. We do go in and out of a few things. We do briefly talk about the pronoun upset from last week on Dualistic Unity Raw number four and number five. If you haven't seen those episodes, I definitely recommend it. And then we go straight off the deep end after that and into much deeper territory. A wonderful conversation that, of course, we followed up with after the fact on Patreon. Those videos are also available if you would like to join us there. So with all that said, I hope you enjoy the journey that is Dualistic Unity Raw, episode six. There we go. What is this? Dualistic Unity Raw, episode six. And I just wanted to say very quickly to everyone who felt disappointed in me or us last week as a result of Dualistic Unity Raw, four or five, um, don't have expectations. That's what I've got. And it's just because we're going to hash things out. We're going to say things as they're coming through. By now, after three seasons, our intentions should be clear. Um, and if you recognize that we're always listening to the feedback, we're not always going to agree with the feedback. We're going to challenge the feedback for sure. But we do listen, which is why episode to episode, we tend to try and polish our point, or at least we try to flesh it out and make it a little bit easier to digest or at the very least try and find some more middle ground because we're not saying we have all the answers by any means but we do we are saying that there are certain core insights that apply to everyone across humanity because we all have the same awareness we all have the same physiology we're all going through the human experience and as a result of that we're all going through a very similar journey, despite how different it is. There are certain underlying things that are absolutely similar in everyone's journey, like the journey from birth to death, for example. So that all said, I just wanted to say, I understand we're not always gonna come across in a way that is comfortable or even pleasant. This is something I've been used to for the last 20 years of my life. And trust me, I used to be way worse but we are always trying to come across as empathetic. We are always trying to come across from a place where we're in this together. 
So I'm sorry that last week might have upset you. I'm not sorry for what I said. Agreed. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. And I think that's a tough pill for people to swallow is that all of any of their disappointment about whatever they felt from the videos last week or anything we talked about was from their own expectations, like their own idea that they're holding on to about us relative, you know, to themselves. And and it all like it always comes down to that with any sort of disappointment or anything like that that you feel is is from your own expectations and the own idea your own idea that you have inside of your head when it isn't the same as is reflected in reality you suffer to a degree you experience some discomfort because it doesn't match it's like there's a difference between what's in your head and what's out there and and so everyone <laughs> So many people responding would say things like, you know, I totally know where you're coming from, but I just wish it was different. I just wish it had been more polished. I wish you had said it this way. I wish you had said it that way. It's like, that's coming from you. Like, mm, it's so interesting that people are so <laughs> high on their horse in a way. And they have this idea that their opinion is correct. That they would know, oh, if I had just been the one saying it, I would have said it this way, and then it would have been perfect. It's like, how you have such an interesting point of view of that to think that, oh, if it had just been a little bit different, you would have said it a little bit differently. Then it would have, you know, then everyone would have understood it. It's like, maybe that wasn't our goal of the thing was for everyone to completely understand it, because that's an impossible goal to set. Like there is no way it's the same with trying to get everyone to like you. People are going to like you and dislike you for the same exact reason. So it doesn't come down to us. It comes down to the re reaction that people feel inside of them. And so you don't, as much as you think that you could have said, tweaked it. And it's like, oh, it would have been, would have been perfect. There is no perfect. There is no right way, but that's, that's what we get so caught up on and thinking, oh, we can get to that place. And that's what keeps so many people silent and not expressing themselves and not sharing their thoughts, especially in the place that we live right now, where people are very afraid to express their thoughts because they don't want the idea that they have of themselves that other people have of them to be distorted or diminished. So they'd rather just not have any idea at all or allow other people to have any idea at all by not saying anything. But every single time it comes down to your own expectations, of things that aren't necessary. You don't have to have any expectations of us. But as you do, and we don't meet those or we don't match them, it's not even a meeting because that implies that your expectations are like up here. It's just a matching. It's not a hierarchy. It's just a, a seamless matching that you're hoping to see. And as it doesn't meet that, which it basically never will, you're going to experience suffering and disappointment. So yeah, no apology for me either, but I am sorry for for how you felt about it necessarily, but not that we did anything to do that. And I just want to relate because we did have one supporter after that episode who had communicated that it was more or less concern for the community. It was more or less concern for dualistic unity as a whole. And 
And I understand that. I, I do. On the other hand, that's the path to religion. And, and that's the thing that we want to avoid. This community, if you want to call it that, because it isn't, it's just a group of individuals who are having a common conversation, should be shaken from time to time. We should be challenged. We should be, we should be uncomfortable. We should be unbalanced from time to time so we can question ourselves, so we can reevaluate, so we can learn, so we can grow, not as a collective, but individually, and thus as a collective. So I just wanted to say, I, I appreciate that. We're aware of it. The reason that we've waited for three seasons to start getting into this stuff, and we're just getting into some of the, although controversial stuff, definitely not the most controversial, controversial stuff. We're going to get into things that are much more explosive in the future. So expect that. If you're just tuning into the show now and you have certain things that you're still holding on to that make you comfortable, we'll get to them eventually. And it's just that it's the same process that we're going through. I think that was the thing that really got me last week was how many people were saying like, oh, sure, question other people's identity. What about yours? The last 16 months of this show is evidence that we question our identity. The last 20 years of my life is evidence enough for me. I'm not even comfortable with I, me as pronouns, right? let alone he. Like it doesn't mean anything to me and it doesn't mean anything because it doesn't mean anything. At the end of the day, I'm not saying that from a position of privilege. I was judged. I mean, I grew up without a family. I grew up impoverished. I grew up homeless. Like I went through all of this stuff. I went through all of this stuff. And it's not like I wasn't judged or marginalized for it. It's not like I didn't have disadvantages, but I'm not talking about them because I got through them. I'm talking from the lessons I got out of them, but I'm not about to start telling people the details just to make my point. Like, oh, look at me. I've gone through all this stuff too. That shouldn't be the point. If somebody came to me through any of that hardship and had a relevant point that was based in empathy and truth in reality, that point is still based in truth and reality, whether it made me uncomfortable or not. And that was it. There were points in my life where people said like, it's kind of on you. You've got to turn it around. You can't just be waiting for the world. And I hated hearing that. I hated it because I felt like people should at least acknowledge the pain that I was going through, the suffering, the lack of support, all that shit. It's not like we don't feel this as human beings. We all go through this to some degree in some variation, and that's where we can empathize with one another. But we can't empathize with one another if I continue to say, my pain is special and it divides me from you. But if I can recognize we all share pain, we all share suffering, we all share this nightmare, egotistical ride through fiction until we finally wake up. We all do. Right? And on that level, we can all relate if we're willing to. But that means we have to be willing to. That means we have to want to grow and transcend our problems rather than just get compensation for them or acknowledgement of them. And that one's tough. I get that too, but that's why we're here is for this discussion. And as long as it's uncomfortable, we're going to continue to be here because that's the only way we're going to get through it. Yeah, but most people would rather settle on the comfort of people telling them that, you know, 
what they're going through is very valid and everything. And, and it's such a sad consolation to freedom, the comfort, but we'd rather cling to the comfort and going back to, uh, the disappointment and dualistic unity. It's so funny hearing that because that is literally the point that we get across over and over and over dualistic unity is not an idea. Any idea that you hold on to isn't the reality of what it is. Like, that's it right there. So your disappointment in dualist unity implies that you have an idea of du dualist unity that you're holding on to that we didn't meet last week. Like, that's the core issue with everything. Everything that we're talking about is that we hold on to ideas and believe that they're the truth. And as Ray said, that's what leads to religion. It becomes a concept. Oh, the idea of dualist unity. And now instead of being free within ourselves, we're like, oh, how does this apply to my idea of dualist unity? Oh, can I do this? Can I not do that? Because, oh, does this fit the dualistic unity mentality? Does this fit the dualistic unity vibe? It's like, fuck all of that. Fuck it all to fuck it all to death, as they say on South Park in one episode that I thought was the funniest fucking thing ever. Yeah, fuck that idea to death because it is that's the core. If you're still holding that, you are not hearing what we're saying. So if you have an idea of dualist unity, burn it, shred it, kill it, because it's not what it is. It's never going to be the idea that you hold on to because that is directly in parallel to the ideas that you have of yourself and other people. And that's it. Like any idea of yourself that you hold on to, what you ex think other people expect of you, what you expect of other people are just ideas. They're just concepts that cut you off the, from the reality of what is. And freedom comes with that recognition that the ideas are not what it is. The description is not the described. We say it over and over and over. The description of dualist unity, even the one we have on the podcast platforms that says it like that's not dualist unity. Sure, it's a it's a pointer, but it's it's a sad comparison to the reality of what it is. It will never do it justice of the reality of it. The reality is flowing and changing. And because we resist that discomfort that comes with the change, we resist the ideas that change about the thing that we're holding on to. And we just want to feel comfortable. We want to be a part of this community. But the community isn't it. The community is the recognition that there is no idea of what it could possibly be. Like the community is you changing in every moment. But anytime you hold on to it, you're going to suffer more and more. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be experience discomfort inside of you when it doesn't match the idea that you hold on to inside of your head because it isn't it. The idea of dualist unity is not the reality of dualist unity. And there is no better example of that as I segue in a commercial sense, than the retreat, to be honest with you. I mean, and I know that sounds like, oh, Ray's selling retreat tickets, but whatever. The point is, is that there is no better way to understand that whatever your image is of Andrew or myself is not the case. It's not the case. And we're going to release some testimonials uh, from the retreat later this week, because almost everybody's filled in the feedback form. We're very grateful for that to everyone. Um, but the whole point was everybody arrived thinking that this was going to be something and that we were certain people. And by the time they left, they recognized that we're just like them, right? We may not agree on everything. We don't have to, but we're going through the same journey. 
And that's it. We're just in different places on that journey. And I'm not saying levels. Beware that. We are just in different areas of a massive forest. <laughs> that's it. And that's it. And there is no destination so much as the opportunity to master the art of journeying. Let's just say. So in that case, if you do have an idea of us, if you think this is about anything like the concept of enlightenment or anything else, definitely come to a retreat or you know, come to one of our other events that we will be having in the near future because we want to do all kinds of stuff so like uh, two-day events, music festivals, stuff like that, just places where we can get together and chat with people and really show we're nothing like what you might think we are. I'm nuts. Like I'm straight up crazy. I do weird things. I say weird things. I joke about weird things. I don't give two shits. I really don't. And, and it's just, that would be my other point I wanted to make. We could not have done three seasons of questioning identity as a whole if we weren't if we were concerned about what people thought of us. Identity itself is really the, the big thing to tackle. We're just mentioning different identities, right? But we've been always talking about identity. And compared to individual identities, identity itself is way bigger. Like that's such a bigger monster to tackle, let's just say, which is why we've spent three seasons building scaffolding in terms of the underlying argument. Because as this expands, as we start getting into other identities, and I mentioned nationalism last week because that's definitely one, we're going to piss off more people. We're going to trigger more people. There's going to be other things that people hold on to that are gonna to come to the surface and that's our opportunity to work through them. But this is what we've been doing this whole time. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. It's the same argument. It's just that um, now we're going around looking for the parts that hurt a little so we can bring our attention to them. Yeah, because that's equally as important, if not more important than the easier to hear shit. Like, But we needed to build that sort of base. And, and even for myself, just going through sort of practice of recognizing where all of this comes from and where all of the suffering and distortion comes from that it's so clear to me now so going through all the shit last week of reading the comments like absolutely shitting on our lives saying how awful we are and how terrible we are and how we don't I understand a because... at one point <laughs> uh, just like all of the names and labels thrown back at us if I had not fully recognized or understood how disorienting and how much suffering comes along with clinging to the ideas, no differently than clinging to the idea of dual security that I was just talking about, if I didn't recognize that as clearly as I do now, it probably would have rocked me a lot more. It would have been a lot more difficult to go through and like post something and be like, fuck, you know, maybe, maybe I did fuck up and maybe I am doing something wrong. And, and because that's another thing is that people have reached out appreciating us for putting this out there, but at the same time, they see the response and the visceral reaction. And they're like, I don't know if I 
want to do that. Like, I don't know if I feel comfortable talking about certain things anymore because I don't know if I could handle that sort of blowback and and shrapnel that comes from dropping it. That's yeah. why we should. That's exactly why we should. This is it's the same lesson with any relationship. If you're walking on eggshells, you are doomed. The only way out of that relationship is to start willfully crushing those eggshells with an attitude of openness. It's not like, hey, I want to cause an argument, but I'm tired of avoiding one. Because that's the only way we can find middle ground is to actually make our point to one another and then see how to find that middle ground. But if we're not even willing to have the conversation, and that very much is the point I keep getting from last week's conversation. Well, you don't know all the details. Tell me the details. But that doesn't mean it changes the point. Like nobody's disregarding the details of what you're going through. What we're saying is that there is an underlying emotional suffering that goes with overly committing to your identity. And that underlying suffering will twist everything you do. It will twist everything you see. And it will make it impossible for you to really find any level of efficacy in terms of how you tackle the problems that you're dealing with. It's not that those problems don't exist, but don't you think that a clearer state of mind is going to be more effective in tackling them and getting rid of them than being emotionally distraught about the opinion of some superficial asshole. Because it's very hard to get anything done when you are feeling emotionally distraught because of the opinion of some superficial asshole. You don't have to be, and you can move on with your life. You can, you can address the environment that created that superficial asshole, but not as long as you're focused on it. Yeah. 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 That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. I'm curious. You were talking about how you've gotten a lot better about not being so cutthroat with things. So I'm curious if you could go back to being a lot more cutthroat, like how would old Ray, like 27, 28, 29 year old or even I don't know what age it kind of like made the shift and also curious what caused the shift or or what sort of things caused the beginning of the shift but how would old Ray have handled this whole situation there wouldn't have been much difference in terms of the intention the intention would have still been to focus on the root cause of the suffering but it would have come from a place of way more intensity like way way more intensity people were complaining that we said fuck like a few times while we were going through that explanation of the ego and all that other stuff in terms of like pronouns and, oh, they're swearing. If there wasn't so much swearing, this wouldn't be so offensive. It's like, okay, had you seen me a little while, like 10, 15 years ago, not only would I probably be in swearing more, I would have sounded angry. Like I would have sounded really, really worked up because I was really, really worked up. I saw how divisive our mentality was so starkly that it's all I could see. And I could see it tearing everyone apart. Friendships, families, society, countries, religion, the list goes on. Identity tears us apart. But I didn't recognize that that is not a problem you can attack. 
that is not a problem that you can beat into submission because those strategies are the result of the problem. And so as I upset people and uh, had the effect of essentially going off like a bomb in the middle of a, of a crowd, um, and, and not to say I was yelling or anything else, but I was definitely animated. I was definitely enthusiastic in the same way I am right now, except there's more empathy now for the impact that it has. And that's another thing I want to say about last week. We were being careful. <laughs> I just want you to know, we were being careful because it's important, not careful in like, oh God, what will people think? But careful in that we understand these are people's emotions. We understand these are people's worlds that we're talking about. We understand that the human condition is tough. We get that. And we're trying to be as empathetic as we can about truths that suck. They, they don't suck once you get them. But when you're in a certain mentality where you're committed to an illusion, those truths suck. There's no way to bring them across where you're like, oh, well, thank you for cutting out everything that I've based my value on. I really appreciate that. Nobody's going to say that to you ever. It doesn't matter what you're questioning. It doesn't matter if you're questioning their religion. It doesn't matter if you're questioning how they view themselves as a family member. It doesn't matter how you question them. If they are relying on that thing for a sense of value and certainty, they're not going to appreciate it. And it's not just that they're not going to appreciate it. That's kind of putting it lightly. You are shaking their entire reality. You're shaking it. And in some ways, you can break it if you're not careful. And so to answer your second question, Andrew, um, that's very much what changed me over time was recognizing how fragile I was once upon a time and that my own approach, if I had taken the 27-year-old me and taken him to talk to 16-year-old me, would have been a useless conversation. I would not have been able to bring anything across to myself because the place I was coming from was too extreme. There was no bridge. I was trying to get people to see where I was coming from instead of coming to them. Right. And it's not to, to say that you always need to go to other people, but you should be able to at least see what they're trying to say. Right? Doesn't mean you have to agree, but recognize that their perspective is valid to them. Right. So I'd like to say that where I am now, if I was to talk to my 16 year old self, we'd probably last at least 10 minutes before he got pissed off and walked away. So that's progress. That is, that is definitely progress, but that makes a lot of sense. And I think since we've been talking like since the retreat even we've had some deeper conversations about like you know getting this across to people like how do you because the clarity i've been seeing it with is pretty damn clear but it's also like you can't just say that to people you can't just you can't just go to the end not the end but like to a certain degree of depth and just like tell them it's how it is. They won't even be able to comprehend what you were, what you're saying. And I think I've talked about how I used to listen to Alan Watts like five years ago and I loved it, but I didn't understand like 90% of what he was saying because I was very much caught up in the idea of myself. And as soon as that began to go away, it's like everything he says, like I understand it exactly what he's saying. So I think 
the, the sort of strategy that comes with it is important. And I think that's why it's important both for myself, like this is something that I've gone through and for anyone who is on this path or beginning to recognize some things about themselves, or it's not even recognize the truth, but recognize what isn't the truth more clearly that you don't need to rush it and you don't need to try and get as deep as possible, as fast as possible, or even express to people the depths you like sometimes people, when I'm talking to people, like say on a one-on-one and they, they love, you know, the conversation and they're starting to see things more clearly. It's common. And I do this as well, that they get very caught up in the words and they're like caveating the words that come across. And they're like, I, I don't mean this exact. It's not that you shouldn't, or, or you should, you know, cause those are just words, but, and it gets so distorted. And I usually am just like, Hey, I, I hear you. I know words are inherently divisive. There are no words that are going to be able to clearly express this. I hear you. I know what place you're coming from. So if you use words that don't exactly, you know, aren't exactly the clearest possible words you could use, that's okay. Like I understand what you're saying. And so I think for anyone listening or anyone who has begun to recognize these things, it's important to keep in mind that you don't have to be a thousand percent clear in anything you say. If you're coming from a place of relative clarity, like there can be things that are more impactful that are less clear to someone that actually allows them to, instead of, you know, you're talking from the 10th stair on the stairwell and they're on the first stair and you're talking about this stuff and they're down here, they won't be able to take a step. But if you're talking from the third step, they might be able to get to the second step, but they won't get anywhere going to the 10th step because it's like they don't even, nothing's getting in, like nothing's going through. And that's not, that's an assumption as well. And here I am, you know, clarifying whatever my, my stuff. And like, it's not about levels. It's not a staircase. Don't think that like the 10th floor is better than the first floor. It's just a different spot. I do that all the time as well. But I think it's important that if you have the intention, if the intention is there, and you're beginning to recognize things like don't necessarily go to a place where you think you have to be and go to the depths of the earth or even needing to get people to understand what you're saying either like getting too caught up in that distorts it and then you're coming from a place of a sort of prison within yourself as opposed to a place of freedom within yourself and so it's always that's going to distort the message as well if the intention is to change someone else or fix someone else or solve someone else's problem it's like you can only be there for them you know the light unto yourself and and in the state of freedom that you can embody and if they're able to hear some of the things that you say that's great but you know it's it's their own work that they have to do. And if they're not willing to do it or want to do it, there's very little that you can say and get across that's going to get through if they are just completely avoiding it. It's not to say they won't hear anything, but I think like with everything, there's there's a balance. Yeah. Well, and we're talking like discussions one-on-one, right? Discussions in a group are way more complicated. Discussions to a group of strangers are way more complicated because you're curating a message that you're hoping gets through to the majority and doesn't cause 
too much distortion to the minority, right? Like you're hoping that your message comes through without creating too much harm from people who aren't misunderstanding it. That's difficult. That's a really difficult thing to do in a group environment. That's a difficult thing to do in general. That's why politicians pay whole teams of people to plan their speeches and, and figure out what they're going to say and how they're going to act and what they're going to wear and everything else, because there's a lot of fear there. You're addressing humanity and humanity can respond in any way, shape or form. Right. And so that's, that's really tricky. And that's why I think it really just comes down to intention, empathy, a recognition that not everybody's going to be happy with what you're saying. Right. But if you're willing to talk about it, it's the best you can do. Right. It's just to have that attitude of openness. So that way, when they have grievances, when they have complaints, you're willing to talk about it. And on that note, I wanted to say very quickly that for any trans creator who's on social media, who wants to have this discussion here on Dualistic Unity Raw, we would love that. But there is a condition. That condition being that you are willing to discuss the fact that questioning our identity would be beneficial for the trans community because it would decrease the amount of hate and divisiveness in our collective ego as a whole. If you can recognize and discuss that point, that what we're saying is not targeting the trans community, but is discussing an underlying problem with humanity as a whole, then I would love to have you on the show to have a discussion, which doesn't mean go through the talking points. It means have a discussion from your point of view based on your life. I would love that. I would love that. An absolute discussion from an honest, authentic place where we're not just running through the talking points that are being distributed by one side or the other, right? The left, the trans community, the gay community, the cisgender community, whatever. I just want this to be a conversation between humans. But there has to be some willingness, at least, to understand that the point of this conversation isn't any one community, but what divides those communities. Yeah, because it's it's the same distortion across everyone, no matter the group. It comes down to the identity that cuts us off, the story that we tell ourselves that creates this idea that we're something different and separate and yeah so that would be fantastic i would love to have a conversation and i'm sure it will happen at some point but yeah we're we're open as we've said so many times like especially last week going through the comments people were like you need to have this discussion with someone else like we're a fucking live streaming so much and have so many episodes and so many group chats and so many lives like we're nothing but available all the time. Like we quit our jobs to be available for this discussion. Like join us, say what's up be, and have the conversation. So uh, yeah, we're, we're more than available, but um, along those lines of the story that we tell ourselves and the story of you or the story of me, I did want to talk about just something that I've been going through and, and, was made abundantly clear on a mushroom trip this past weekend. Um, so just backstory, been going through it like last week, I was kind of dealing with just some concerns. And what it came down to was I was just thinking about myself a bunch. And so 
over the last few days last week, um, throughout pretty much the whole week, I just stopped thinking about myself so much and all pretty much all that suffering and whatever I was going through began to go away. And, and so on, what was that Friday? I was like, all right, I want to, I want to just, uh, not do anything here, but just see, kind of see what happens if I take some mushrooms. And so I took two grams and went on a walk with my dog, uh, right after I took them. So I kind of peaked while I was on the walk and it was around sunset. So it was yeah, beautiful walk, great experience. And, uh, I, I was recognizing that, or I was kind of chewing on this insight, the, that I mentioned in one of our episodes about, you know, is the only difference between dreaming and this reality, like being in a dream and, and this thing we call reality, the story of us, like the story of me, how tightly we cling to that idea. Is that what keeps us from being able to experience this reality in a sort of lucid dream like state and and the influence that we have on it is directly proportional to how tightly or loosely we cling to the idea of us so i'm walking i'm like fuck this this is this is like a dream and could it be that the only thing that the difference between lucid dreaming and this reality is the story of me like the identity that i cling to is the thing that cuts me off and so i began kind of just thinking like what what if i could let go like what if i could experience this like a dream and you have to be willing to let go of the idea because it isn't truth and yet we hold on to it as if it is truth and then there was some discomfort because i was like okay so it's not that it's not that experiencing this reality in a lucid dreamlike state is better or worse than not doing so, but it's it's a spectrum of freedom to prison, essentially, like distortion to clarity. And it's not to good or bad, but it's it's what's possible if you can let go. But you can't, it's it's so interesting because you can't hold on to the idea and experience this as a lucid dream because it's just an illusion the idea is just an illusion and yet we the the tighter we hold on the less ability we have to recognize this in a lucid dreamlike state and have that idea or, or ability to do so and yet on both sides, whether we have a positive idea of ourself or a negative idea of ourself, it's still the idea of ourself. And it's that idea of ourself that cuts us off from the freedom that's available through letting go of it. And that's the bitch that I haven't necessarily understood until very recently. It's like, okay, because I get that holding on to an idea of yourself, even a positive idea of yourself, has negative consequences or, you know, which it does and i've i've seen that but in terms of freedom and absolute freedom and being able to tap into our true potential as the awareness of reality as reality itself comes down to letting go of the story like how much can you let go of the story of you which comes with you know the opinion the 
thoughts about what you should or shouldn't be doing based on the story, based on the idea. And so going through that walk, it's like, fuck. So it really just comes down to how much can I let go of the story? How much can I let go of the story of Andrew? And so when I got back, I started to realize that, you know, the opinions that I have kind of reinforce the story. And as I act upon those opinions, they kind of reinforce the story to a degree. And so I get back and I had, uh, this is just an example of it. Like I had laundry that I was doing and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm tripping pretty hard right now. Like I don't want to do the laundry. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's going along with the idea of Andrew. Like I have this opinion that to a degree is like, cutting me off from just what is because part of me was like, yeah, but if I do it now, then I won't have to do it later. I'm going to have to do it at some point. And right now I don't want to. But what if I did? What if I did it despite that? Is that like kind of chipping at that idea, chipping at that story? And so then I did it. And then it was like, oh, there's there's actually nothing wrong with doing this. There is some some joy to this, you know, accomplishing something, doing something in the face of my opinion of not wanting to do it in the face of the idea of Andrew, the story. And so it all comes down, like everything comes down to how much can you let go of the story? So I wanted to talk about that today because <laughs> it's, it's, oh man, fucking a dude. It's been, it's been interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Absolutely. Um, and I know immediately people are going to go, well, what if I'm in hell? In the process of letting go of your story, you will actually find a way out of hell. It's actually part of the same journey. Your reality will change as you do. Nobody's going to say, like, you're going to let go of your story today, and there will be a doorway out of hell. It's not how it works, right? But letting go of the story, which is a long journey because it's a big story, um, is the eventual way out of hell. You change your environment as a result of you changing your mindset. So that's really important. I just wanted to mention that before somebody says, some atrocious story that's happening in the world that obviously isn't going to get turned upside down overnight by a change in mentality, but it will change. That's all. Um, really good question and great insight. I think it's funny because um, even the idea that it's very much like a lucid dream. What do you mean by that? <laughs> what do you mean by dream? Because that's a concept too. Like we're dividing the difference between reality and a dream and there is none. It's just a different experience of you, right? And so there's another thing to let go of because we're not talking about like getting into a dreamlike state so much as just relaxing into a state where we're not telling ourselves what reality is, right? So that's, that's really interesting. I, I had another thought while you were talking that <laughs> here you are in the process of, of understanding you are not Andrew. But your, or, or, but rather, Andrew's not understanding that. We are understanding that collectively. Like, we are all me understanding that we're not identity. This is that conversation. We keep thinking about it individually because we are all individual, but all we're experiencing is as we let go of ourselves getting closer to the awareness that is the individual of the universe, right? The reality as a whole. So it's this weird paradoxical thing where the more you let go, the more you're everything, but not you. 
Well, that's the bitch of it that no one wants to recognize. Like it's letting go of you. Like it is, it's death in a way. Like it is literally death or ascension. Yeah. Or is, yeah, the same thing. It's, it's an end of, I mean, yeah. I don't know. And this is what I mean about that collective identity. Like, you're looking at your own journey, Andrew, and, and like, I've let go of my ego, let go of what I think I am. I can really see that journey happening and it's getting easier and it's getting thinner. That, that band of my bullshit's getting smaller and smaller, right? But you're not Andrew. And so now you're looking at the rest of it, which is our collective. It's all yours. Just because you think you're dealing with Andrew's story, that doesn't mean you're done. We have an entire story and a commitment to it that's created all of this, right? And it's in letting go of all of that. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about breaking down these borders, breaking down these concepts that divide us, finding a way to empathize. That's what we're talking about is connecting to ourselves, is finding more of the reality underneath the fiction. It's the same process that we're going through individually. It literally is the same process, except we perceive it as individually. Right. But we've had quite a few running starts at this change. It really just comes down to us recognizing it's happening and taking responsibility for it as it's happening and then being enthusiastic about it as we go through it. Right. But it's like we had a bunch of false starts that have unfortunately been shut down by the status quo. It's like, don't want that to happen. No, <laughs> don't want people thinking like that. Right. But this is it. I. I'm waking up. You are waking up. Dear listener, you are everything. And the process you're going through right now is the process we're all going through. The universe changes as you do. Fuck, dude, I'm tripping again. God damn it. Oh, man. Holy shit. Okay, as you were saying that, it, I, I, like, my awareness or awareness not mine just it like dropped back and like i was so clearly am so clearly right now like you and me and everyone listening and it's like andrew is just a tool for myself but it's not anything attached it's like an expression that allows that just is finally recognizing that it's an expression for myself. And so person like taking something personal, like I can't even, it's like the person saying it is just as personal to me as me hearing it. Cause it's me saying it to myself it's just part of myself doesn't know that exactly which is why we were saying last week when we had all those people saying you don't care you're not listening that's not the case it's not the case i hear you like i'm hearing myself but i've listened to a lot of my perspectives and not all of them should go unquestioned not all of them should go unchallenged just because it creates discomfort 
And that's very much why, you know, I will go out of my way if I see a great story. Actually, I was walking down the street one day uh, with somebody else and you know, have a conversation full in this great, insightful conversation. And as we're walking by this bus stop, there's this lady and she's standing there and you can just, you can see like this tear just running down her, her cheek and we're walking by and I just stop and I told her buddy, just give me a minute. And I went back and I hung out there for like 15 minutes, just waited for the bus with her and just chatted with her. Why? I didn't know that person. It didn't benefit me any, but I know what that's like to go through that feeling and not have anybody there. I know what it's like to feel like you're on your own. And that's the entire point of all of this. It's just, we know what it's like because we go through it too. Somebody commented uh, to one of your videos lately about letting go of the past, letting go of your story, letting go of the narrative. And they said, yeah, that feels incredibly alone. I get that. That's the feeling that you're running from. It's the feeling we all share. And it's because we're all one. But it's us coming together that changes what that means for you. It's in recognizing that being alone doesn't mean you're disconnected. You can't be. Being alone means you're one. We're talking about unity. It's just our individual perspective of that experience of isolation that changes over time. But we have to accept first that we are alone. And then we can come together. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's mm, because the story, like it really just comes down to that story. Like with the story is the barrier to this recognition, to clarity. All stories, all stories, not just yours. Humanities as a whole, you know, different cultures, different countries, different races, eh, whatever that might mean, right? Humans, the world, right? Earth, all of these things are divisions from everything else. They're all a story. They're all a story that we tell ourselves to explain what the fuck here and now is. Right? Because the ultimate answer is you. And that's unsatisfying when you're, you don't have faith in yourself, <laughs> right? But that's the point is that that's the unexplored territory is that insight. What it means to recognize the observer is the observed, right? And it's the one that we're dancing around in terms of, of uh, quantum physics, right? Like we, we see it. The recognition though requires a certain mentality that unfortunately the ego can't tolerate. So we have to find a way to bridge that gap. Oh man. Cause when you start to see this, like all of the things that people talk about, or even spirituality talks about, like they make sense as a result of this recognition. All of those things, you know, letting go of your opinion, letting go of your idea of good and bad, you know, being empathetic towards people, being selfless like helping others is all so obvious and that's all an opportunity to help yourself through this recognition but it still gets distorted by the idea 
by the story because we think it's us doing the helping. And, and as long as it's us, it's me helping them, we're missing it. But, but through this recognition of I'm helping myself, it's like, what else would you want to do? And you're not even helping, right? That's the point. You don't look at it as help when you're helping yourself. Right. That's George Carlin's famous uh, bit. It's like, you know, bothers me if people look at self-help. Like if you're looking for someone else to answer your questions, that's help. That's, that's not self-help. Right. And that's the point is that if you're helping yourself, you're not helping. You're just being yourself. You're taking care of yourself. That's not helping. It involves two parties. Right. And the same is true with our relationship with one another. It's the Cain and Abel thing. You know, I'm not my brother's keeper. Oh. No wonder you're not getting along, right? It's not about being your brother's keeper. It's about being your brother. But recognizing there's no division. But taking care of everyone as you would take care of yourself. Right? Because they're you. And that there's a wide spectrum there. I'm not going to say that's a simplistic concept at all, because it goes back to the state of mind that we're talking about, which is empathetic and aware in the moment, because each and every moment has a different requirement. And if you have an idea of what the right thing to do is, you're not in it. Because so all of those ideas to holding on to the right and the wrong thing to do implies a lack of faith, implies a lack of clarity in yourself implies a, a distortion from the recognition that it's all you. Cause when you're holding on to, Oh, this is the right thing to do. This is the wrong thing to do. It's I want to be perceived as someone who's doing the right thing and not be perceived as someone who's doing the wrong thing. And that completely distorts the impact of the action and the action itself because we hold on, but, we hold on to those because we're we're afraid because we lack faith in that is very easy to recognize through the clarity of seeing that you've always been it and it's all you and so it's not about doing the right thing it's just about recognizing more clarity and through that you know the right thing is what you do because you're doing it, but it's not, you're doing it because it's the right thing. It's the right thing because you're doing it through that recognition, through that clarity, through that state of empathy of not even helping yourself. Just as you said, being there as yourself, because it is, it's like self self help for all of reality, because that is yourself. There's no division, right? But it's, it is a lack of faith, right? And it's because we don't recognize, we talk about it, but we don't recognize that you are everything. And so when you change yourself and then you go out into the world and you act as a result of that change, there's being free, being more authentic, being more open, blah, blah, blah. And then the first, re first, in res first person responds to you and spits in your face because you've offended them immediately like oh that is not the impact i wanted and so you go back to thinking about yourself and the cycle starts over 
But how do you know that's not the impact you wanted? Because you're thinking about you, the individual and the person you just talked to. What about all the ripples that person makes? What about all the ripples that happen after that? You're not looking at any of those other ripples as you as well. You're looking at that first impact and going, oh, I stopped there because that was uncomfortable. No. And that's the point I made last week. Somebody was saying like, well, you're obviously not very self-aware. You're not taking in any of these arguments. And I'm like, no, I'm taking in these arguments. And I'm saying that they're coming from a certain mentality that lacks clarity. I'm saying that they come from a place that has an inability to recognize empathy for all while it's trying to find empathy for itself. I get that. And I wouldn't be making the point that I am if it wasn't important to me. I'm not saying it to be liked, obviously, right? I'm not saying it about for my own benefit at all. I'm well aware of what happens to people who say the things that I'm saying, but they need to be said by someone somewhere. And so it's not about Ray. It's not even about helping so much as just being yourself, saying what's coming to you and understanding that it's part of a larger picture that is all you. But if you're holding back because you're judging the impact that you're having, how are you ever going to see what that impact might be? How are you ever going to see what's possible if you are constantly stopping yourself from being yourself just because it's having what you view as a negative impact? Be empathetic. Be aware, be clear, but that doesn't mean everybody's going to appreciate that by any means. And you wouldn't either if you were living your life in an illusion and that's the best thing for you. So you're still loving yourself. Understand, you know, self-care doesn't always feel good. It doesn't mean it shouldn't happen, right? Like if you have a wound, you have to address it. It hurts. It's never fun, but you should still address it. Otherwise it's going to get worse. Yeah, that was that was an interesting part of the whole situation from last week, especially the the first video is that, you know, we've been talking about this stuff for a very long time. And I've been, you know, making videos about stuff and, and staying relatively not controversial. And, you know, besides mostly religion related things, but it's so interesting how quickly people will throw anything else you've said out the window as soon as they're uncomfortable. And it's, it makes me wonder, cause like, what do they think? Like, no, going into a topic like this, that gets a lot of pushback, a lot of blowback from talking about it. Like there's not like internal benefit to us besides expressing, you know, freedom and, and like coming from a state of clarity, but we knew we were going to get shit on for this based on the mentality. So what do you think we were hoping to get out of it? Listening to it. Like we're not making ourselves feel better. We're talking about something that a lot of people may be thinking, but very, very few people talk about because of this exact reason. So it's fascinating how People are unwilling to even see that, oh, this is, hmm, they decided to talk about a really uncomfortable topic that no one talks about. Hmm, 
I wonder, I wonder why. Maybe there's another reason. Did they just was all they wanted to do make people angry? Was that the only reason? Like maybe it wasn't. Maybe this thing that we're talking about is no different than any of the shit we've been talking about for the last year and a half, any of the shit I've been talking about for the last two and a half years, like thousands of videos. And it's like you see one, you're like, this is makes me uncomfortable. This, oh, he's saying all this stuff. He's shitting on me, blah, blah, blah. It's like maybe it's the same thing. It's just another iteration of the same exact message, same exact point we've been talking about for so long. It's interesting how very few people are willing to see it from that way. It's like as soon as they're uncomfortable, it's like boom, gone, boom, unfollow, boom, angry comments, boom, all this shit. It's like they not even for a second do they wonder, maybe for a second, maybe for a few seconds. And I'm sure a lot of people did. I'm not saying I'm generalizing here, but a lot of people didn't. A lot of people unfollowed me from that post. Rather than questioning, maybe this is the exact same thing that I've been talking about. All the videos I posted that, oh, this is so helpful. Blah, 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 blah. It's like maybe this is the same opportunity to see something deeper about yourself, to question something deeper about the story, about the idea, about the identity. But, you know, the other ones make you feel comfortable and this one doesn't. And that's it. That's it. That's exactly it. I remember I made a video, I'll repost it at some point, but basically I had made a video saying that you have infinite potential. You can get anything you want out of life. You just got to stop doubting yourself. Stop dragging yourself back. And I got a whole bunch of likes and follows out of it. And then the next video I made was about the importance of questioning why you want what you want, because it might be that want that has you where you are. The same people who liked and followed started leaving. And that's the point, right? It's like, but I like the other point. This one makes me uncomfortable, right? It's like, that's the one you should tackle because that's where the most change is, right? It's not about the change you want necessarily. It's the change you don't that teaches you. Right? And that's the point. Like all of this stuff that we're talking about, people will often assume, oh, well, you know, this is an easy conversation for you guys to have. No, it's not. It's really not. Like, you have to understand. If I was to think about myself, Ray, the individual who has a family in the world and in the economy and has to pay his bills and, and survive, I'd be terrified of your, thought, of your opinion of me. Right? Because you could end everything for me. I don't think about that. Because at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know what's best for me or my life or your life. What I know is the insights that have helped set me free. I know what that feels like. And I want the same for you in the same that I would want it for my younger self. And so I'm having this conversation for that point. Whatever happens as a result is whatever happens as a result. The chips will fall where they may. It's worth it. And that's why we're having this conversation. It has nothing to do with what's best for us and everything to do with, with the insight that we've just recognized has been so transformative that we are not what we think. Yeah. Mm. So 
Mm. Yeah, along those lines, but going back to like the story and and the letting go and holding on and whatnot. And I guess even even the idea of thinking about what the right thing to do is is going to be distorted in a way. Like it's always going to be distorted by experience and by the idea of me. And you know what dictates the right thing? Right? Cuz is the right thing dictated based on the collective response to the thing? Is the right thing dictated based on how one person responds that we're thinking about? Is the right thing dictated based on what makes us feel feel good? Is the dic- right thing like how do we even measure the right and the wrong thing? Like, is it possible to actually measure and actually be sure? No, but we settle on this concept of what the right thing, pretty much based on how the response to the thing makes us feel. And so it's very selfish even in that way, or sort of egotistical in a way, like holding on to the, oh, the right thing is the response that I get, you know, doing the right thing is, is helping someone and then them being grateful and then me feeling good, them feeling indebted to me and I feel good. It's like, what if you do the right thing, right thing, and then someone has a ton of pushback and they actually fight you for doing the thing? Was it still the right thing or was it not the right thing? All of a sudden you're confused and you're like, maybe it wasn't the right thing. And it's the same action. It's just the response based on their state of being impacts you. So, if yeah, because even now I'm fucking questioning like right and wrong. There is no ever objective or even any way to properly measure what it is. And yet we we have this idea of right and wrong that we always hold on to. And I guess it comes back to, you know, the likelihood of the impact. We kind of have this internal barometer. So like, you know, punching someone in the face versus not punching someone in the face. There are situations where that may be the right thing to do, but we have this idea of, you know, the blowback from it. And if the blowback outweighs the, you know, happy, comfortable response, we're going to think it's the wrong thing. But then if we punch someone and a lot of people are appreciative, it's like, then all of a sudden it's the right thing, but maybe, and this is the thing too, that we've, you know, we talk about all the time is maybe the collective mentality is fucking distorted as shit. And so how could we ever measure what's right and wrong based on a distorted mentality caught up in illusions? How could we measure it based on the response from the distorted community? Then we're measuring right and wrong based on a very confused and distorted mentality that's caught up in taking illusions to be the truth. That could never measure what's actually right and wrong. And yet we use that as our barometer still. Because we're not willing to to recognize that everything about the mentality that we currently have as a society is inherently distorted as shit. So there is no way, like us posting a video that gets a ton of blowback does not, from a distorted mentality that's defending its own suffering and keeping itself confused, does not imply that it was the wrong thing to do at all. Just because it makes a lot of people uncomfortable doesn't mean that it's wrong. And so you can never actually be sure of right and wrong, ever. So you just have to 
come at it from a place of recognition of, you know, of more, a deeper state of clarity helps to act in the right, right way. But it's because of how you're acting through that mentality. It's not because of any response that you get. No, it's because you're, you're acting in alignment with what's happening as opposed to trying to satisfy some fiction, right? Like it's, that's kind of the whole thing. And I was having this conversation with somebody as well, as a result of that, that, um, video, which was that your opinion of me doesn't in any way reflect on, on my potential or value or the truth of what I am at all. Like, it's so important to recognize that like you perceiving me negatively doesn't change what I am. That's the point we're making. I know what I am. Right. And that's not a concept in which case your negative perception of me doesn't matter at all. It's not like I won't pay attention because again, empathy, I get it. I do. That doesn't mean that it's not the truth. It doesn't mean that it's not worth doing just because it's uncomfortable. But again, I get it. I feel for you. None of this is easy to face. I'm not denying that at all. I'm just saying it's worth it. And you don't have to. That's the thing is that if you don't like the insight or the conversation, you can leave. You don't have to listen. But the fact that you react to the conversation implies that maybe there's something there you want to know. Maybe there's something there you want to understand. Maybe you're reacting because your attention is drawn to it and you don't like it. But that doesn't mean your attention shouldn't be drawn to it. But I just want to make this very clear. I have a lot of time ahead of me in terms of this character. This conversation is going to go on for quite some time. And there's going to be other people who recognize it. A lot of other people are going to recognize this because we need this conversation. We are all suffering through a collective psychosis. We need this conversation. And people write in all the time saying, thanks, thank God, or thank me, or thank you. Thank all of us that this conversation is happening because at least now I can question this stuff and I don't have to feel like it's something to be judged. I don't have to feel like I'm crazy. I don't have to talk to the people around me because I know they're going to judge me, but I can at least tune in or I can join the group discussions and we can talk about this in a way that I can benefit from. That's awesome. And as a result of that, understand, run from this conversation or not, it's going to find you. It's going to keep finding you. It's going to keep tapping you on the shoulder because we're in this together. I have no intention of stopping. Yeah. So, so buckle on up because <laughs> yeah, even like seeing this in the way that I feel right now, it's like, what else would you want to be doing than expressing this insight to yourself? Like it, yeah, it just keeps hitting me over and over that this the conversation has to be it but it's yeah the 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 degree to which we're careful about it is getting clearer and clearer too because it is such a fine line between doing it as reality to yourself and doing it as me to the rest of reality because there like there's so many things in a confused mentality that they would look at something like this and say oh you know 
should be doing this or should be doing that. You know, make sure you focus on this, make sure you do that. And it's all from a distorted mentality. And you can't get to clarity through more distortion or through reinforcing more distortion. It's impossible. Like it, it is going in the opposite direction from the truth of what you are going away from yourself as opposed to towards yourself. That's and so it just the Messiah complex, right? Yeah. That's it. That's, that's that line, right? Where you, you recognize it's all you and you haven't let go of you. Right? So now you're like, ah, oh, it's up to me to save it all. Save what? Right? There's still that division. Like you're still looking at it. Like something needs to be saved. Right? You don't need to save yourself. You can change direction, right? But you got to let go of the hierarchy. You got to let go of the teacher. You got to let go of the savior shit, right? And just communicate because it's part of what you are, right? Enjoy your journey, express your journey, share your journey, and have faith in the ripples. That's pretty much it. Yeah, so it's pretty obvious that anyone who holds on to those things, like they're not really seeing it there's still very much like there's so many degrees and layers of that mentality that yes some are more distorted than others there's a spectrum there but it's still i was talking to my brother uh the other day about this just how like we're getting more guests on and it's growing and there's going to be a point where you know get jim carrey on here and and whatnot and he was like just talking about how, yeah, I mean, it's because it's kind of a a niche thing you guys talk about. And I was like, yes, yes and no. Like, because it is because it's such a vast mentality because I'm very open with him. Like we talk about a lot of this stuff and, you know, whether or not he follows all of it. I don't think it's all of it, but he's definitely curious. Um, and so he was like, yeah, but it's kind of like, you know, you either get it or you don't. I was like. Yeah, it's like, yes, and there's also, but it's still a spectrum. It's not binary, but there is a certain amount of clarity on the spectrum where there's kind of a sh a shift in a way of like, oh, like, oh, oh. And because I just in my personal journey, like, yeah, a year and a half ago, I recognized that I'm not what I think. I am, but there was still a lot between then and now, and there's still going to be a lot from now to, you know, another year and a half from now, like who's to say, but it, so it is inherently a spectrum, but there is, I feel like a kind of like uh, checkpoints in a way where you start to see, cause it, there is, it's almost like it is <laughs> doing my best to, I'm thinking about this as I'm talking, but it's like, there is the recognition that you are what you think and you aren't what you think, but there's also a spectrum of how clearly and how deeply you recognize it and how much you recognize the freedom and the potential that comes with letting it go versus the comfort of the story because 
the story is, you know, that's known. It's like it's still it's that comfortable prison, which is can be very comfortable for people. So it's like how willing then it starts to come down to you and how willing are you to step into that raw uncertainty? Like you don't know there is no fucking blueprint to this at all. Like you're stepping into the complete unknown. But it's like, how curious are you? How how willing are you to let go of the comfort that comes with the story? And that's what's been hitting me for the last few days. It's like you don't have to. It's not a right or a wrong. It's like you don't have to. I don't have to let go of the story of Andrew, but there's consequences to that. And there's consequences to letting it go. And again, consequence, I don't, I don't use that word in a negative way. It's just repercussions. Like there's always consequences, but how willing are you to let go? And how curious are you about seeing it? So it's like, yeah, you you can start to get it or you don't, but it's not, again, it's not a final it's not a point. It's a, it's a spectrum. It's a in and out. It's a utilizing the tool of it, but holding it lightly. Cause if you try and get rid of the tool, it's like that's distortion as well. Cause that makes you think that there's a division between that and that between being Andrew or not being Andrew. It's like you are and you are like Andrew's just a name, but like this incarnation is you, but it's not. It's a tool. It's an expression, but it's not it. It's not, you know, the final boundary. So like, it's like binary and it's a spectrum it's both and neither it's all of it and none of it oh yeah that's why it's uh the paradoxes are just fucking nuts infinite fine lines infinite fine lines yeah i think it's funny because getting it is a lot like being served an elephant for dinner (laughs) right you're like i got it oh i still gotta eat it (laughs) and that's very much it like there's so much there's so much Right. And as evidence of that, I just wanted to bring this up because it's funny and and take it as as a positive. Let's just say that we go through the spectrum of first, like trying to distance ourselves from the ego. And we do that enough where we realize we're not the ego, we're not the ego, we're not the ego. We start to let go of that limited mindset, that limited idea of ourselves until all of a sudden we're staring full on down the barrel of everything that we are as you were at the retreat. And you come out of that, you're like, okay, I'm going to hold on to my ego for a little bit because that's that's uncomfortable. But then you give yourself a little time, the pendulum starts to swing and you find yourself going, you know, it wasn't so bad looking down the barrel of all of that. And you start to do it again. And now you're swinging the other way. And that's the point is the process, right? It's that oscillation going back and forth informing the swing the other way each time. Right. And if you're paying attention, then yeah, it becomes self-refining, you know, to the point where, as I always say, it's a dance. It's not about focusing on the fine lines. It's not about focusing on uh, this and that. Stop thinking about yourself. (laughs) And it's just a dance. It's just really about enthusiastically being who you are, where you are in the here and now, and not shutting yourself off to anything. 
right? And less appropriate. Which is kind of the thing. I guess I want to say that really quickly. There are, there's no way to sum this up because it really is an act of fluid faith in the moment, which means that there's no guidelines, there's no structure, there's nothing that's going to tell you you're doing the right or the wrong thing, or that there is a right or wrong thing at all. It's all it's exactly how it has been for your entire life, regardless of the narrative you've put over your life. There's never been a right or wrong thing to do. You've always just been doing what you could based on what you understood and how clear you were at the time that you did it. It's always been the case, regardless of the story that you've been telling yourself. This is why I always think it's funny when we, we weigh the pros and the cons before making a decision. Which pros and cons? The ones you can see? Because that's the point. And so we do this kind of exercise of weighing the pros and the cons to justify the decision we were going to make anyway. We immediately skew ourselves either towards the pros or the cons without ever recognizing it, because of course we're looking for that sense of this is the right thing to do. You don't know. You're just convincing yourself so you'll do it. Just do it. That is hilarious because I've made a lot of pros and cons lists in my life. And thinking back on them, looking at the list after I write it has never flipped. I always have an idea of what I'm going to do going in. And it's like the pros and cons list is an expression of that. It's informed by my original idea of what I wanted to do. So so I'm, I literally put more pros than cons because I'm trying to convince myself of the thing that I already knew was what I was going to do. Like I I'm trying to, I'm thinking back on some, you know, quote unquote, big decisions I've made in my life. And I don't think I've ever made a pros and cons list, looked at it and been like, Oh yeah, I should, I should actually do the thing that I wasn't originally thinking about. Like, I don't think it's ever, ever been the case. And yet we, so we create them in a, in a way to give ourselves a sort of comfort. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm doing I'm doing the right thing. You know, I'm I'm doing what I should be doing based on oh, this list tells me see more pros than cons. And you're just convincing yourself of the thing that you already wanted to do because there's a degree of faith that you lack in your original decision. So you need more evidence that this is the right thing to do. So you go talk to more people too, you know discuss it with friends, family, just to reinforce that what you originally wanted to do is the thing that you should do. And then you start getting pushback from people and then you start trying to convince them. They're like, no, I think you should actually do this thing. But that's only based on their experience and their you know, perception of you, idea they have of you and how that impacts them and, and their idea of themselves and how that impacts you and and so we're always just trying to convince ourselves that we have the answer. Certainty, certainty. And here's a perfect example, and it's in the comments section here. I saw a TikTok of Bashar recently, which I thought was pretty good. He says, there are five laws. One, you exist. Two, everything is here and now. Three, the one is the all, and the all is the one. Four, what you put out is what you get back. And five, everything changes except these laws. Sounds really nice. Doesn't that, doesn't that sound nice? It sounds like really, really aware except for the fact that's just the nature of existence. Those aren't laws. We're trying to put a structure again. 
We're trying to say this is what it is until it's not to you perceptually, right? So while that's all true, that's n- none of that's true. It's just a perception of your own existence. The only thing that is true is that. You are here now. None of that is the case. I want you to understand that. As much as it is, you are the here and now. You are not the here and now. There is no you, there is no here, there is no now. Those are all concepts that we are trying to describe. And when you break down the concepts far enough, you end up with the idea of unity, but that's not the reality of unity. So as soon as somebody's like, oh, the law of one, question that. And it's just because, again, it's giving it an idea that's keeping you away from the reality that exists without that idea. So it's dangerous that way. This is why we're always cautioning people about listening to us, right? Hear what we're saying, sure, but take what we're implying, not take the words and run with it, right? Don't take the concepts, take what the concepts are pointing at, right? And so, and again, this is, I'm not going to say that, that, that those five laws aren't useful to some degree, but they create a belief. They create another concept. They create another structure. And that's exactly the problem with channelers. And the structure is always going to fuck the shit out of the reality of what it is. Like always, every time. But we want that structure for the sense of certainty. For that idea that like, oh, I I can just follow this. And every structure that we put in place cuts down on our ability to recognize that we can have just faith in ourselves. Like as we hold on to the structures, it reinforces that I don't have enough faith in myself to do it without the structure. So ever really, is it all just, it's all just like letting go of the structures and letting go of the idea that you need any of it. And it's the mentality that comes with that. But at the same time, you can utilize it, just not so tightly. Like they're all options. They're all tools. Do you think, so do you think with structures then, like, yes, tools we can utilize, but do you think inherently they sort of cut down on our faith in ourself? Or can we have an can we have a structure that doesn't diminish faith in ourselves? I think only with active responsibility in that structure. I think as soon as the structure takes responsibility for the participants, you've immediately started to fall away from the point where that structure is being useful. Because now people are just serving their role, going through their purpose. They don't see the larger reason that structure was created. They don't understand necessarily what they're a part of. And I think that's the problem because it when that happens, you end up with people at the higher end of that structure who can then call the shots and manipulate without any of the people underneath them knowing, which is what we were talking about in the, in the recent episode of Community Topics about the Freemasons and secret societies, right? Like that's, that's very much the point. And so I think that as long as we're participating in that structure and that we have an active understanding of what that structure is for, then yeah, we can use it to our to our advantage but again it's kind of like um you know there are laws in the united states and in canada that are like 100 years old and don't apply anymore there's still laws they still affect precedent 
right? Why? Well, because the system of the United States, the system of Canada, the system of government as a whole should be reevaluated and, and recreated every like three or four generations because the new insights have come along, you know, jettison the old stuff that didn't work and move in with the new stuff and adapt, right? But we don't do that. We cling to the past, we cling to the structure, right? And that's, and that's okay, but you know, that's unfortunately what sets us back. So Jane Lovinger's uh, Steps of Ego Development. Did I ever read you step or stage 10? No. You're going to love this. Okay? So stage 10 is where the need to evaluate things and persons is abandoned. Merging with the world, no more holding, but engaging in the flow of things. Playful alternation between seriousness and triviality, intermingling different states of consciousness, thinking in time cycles and historical dimensions, full acceptance of differences and people as they are. That's stage 10. And that's still just scratching the surface, isn't it? But you notice yeah. there's a complete cessation of self. There's a complete cessation of self-absorption, of self-involvement. You're not even thinking in terms of linear process anymore. You are just intelligence. You're more akin to like a quantum computer than a traditional CPU. It's not that you're processing logically, it's that you see all potentialities and you grab the one that's the most likely, which is how the brain works. Until we create structures around the way that it should work or the proper way to work, right? Is that the, how many stages are there? 10. Oh, that's it. That's the final that's one. That's the final that again, and you gotta remember that these stages were created in the fifties. Yeah. I think that's a long time ago. And we completely ignore these stages of ego development because we go towards all these other things that, that attract the ego, right? We're just like, no, I can latch onto that and I can latch onto that. And we forget that we are on this, this journey of seeing through a fiction that limits how we interact with the world. It's so important just to recognize that if we got that collectively, that there's an illusion that limits our ability to interact with the world in a beneficial way that would change the entire spectrum for humanity what what we would be focusing on would change but we don't focus on that illusion we focus on doubling down on that illusion because it gives us the sense of power and control and other people can take advantage of it while we do that yeah yeah hmm damn because that's interesting like that whole stages of ego development is so fascinating because that that's like a fantastic that stage 10 is a great description for that balance between recognizing you know clarity seeing things pretty damn clear but also still interacting like it's because you can't put a description upon clarity because that completely distorts it that's not clarity it's just a description yeah, but even it, clarity, right? Like if you think about yeah. it, clarity implies almost a resistance to confusion, which isn't clarity. Yeah. Oh God, fucking a language, man. Oh, it's so funny. And that's why you gotta take the concepts with a grain of salt, like hold them lightly, all of them, because none of them ever are. And every time we use it, like, you know, clarity. We have immediately an idea pops up, confusion, immediately an idea pops up, a judgment goes along with it. Clear is good, confused is bad, but it isn't that at all. 
it isn't a better or a worse thing. And I think this is what I was recognizing because I've been talking to a friend who is on uh, social media who is kind of feeling like he's disassociating from things and he's having a tough time. It's been a few months and he's been kind of having a tough go at it. Like he's, it's very uncomfortable and I've been going back and forth kind of expressing some of this stuff and like, Hey man, I think this may just be, you know, a step on your, on your journey here. Like this is, this is growth that's happening, which is uncomfortable because it's stepping into, you know, I, and I'm making assumptions. I haven't been able to speak to him on the phone. I made uh, this afternoon, but we've just been texting back and forth. So I don't know exactly, but every time I'm like, sounds kind of like this he's like yeah it's a great way of putting it kind of staring into the void in a sense and he's he's been using worms words like it's very unsettling it's very uncomfortable like yeah i i hear you man it it absolutely is and and but there's been a sort of judgment going along with it he doesn't want it to be happening like it shouldn't be happening and and it distorts it because you know it's probably forcing him to question a lot of the things that he holds on to a lot of the ideas of of you know he has about himself you know that go along with the story that it's like kind of tap at him like you can let go of that and he probably doesn't want to but it's so interesting with language and words and dialogue is always like there's always ideas that come with it you know doing the right thing or the wrong thing being comfortable or uncomfortable being clear or confused, but it's all a part of it. It's not settling on any of it as the right thing or the thing I want even, or the feeling that I want. It's like, it is what it is. And your opinion of it is reinforcing the story. And I'm curious about that too, because I've been, I've been toying with that the last couple of days of like, as soon as I have, when I have an opinion of something I want to do, been kind of like doing the opposite or like going in the face of it in a way as, as sort of like a practice in letting go. And it actually makes sense because there was a story you talked about. Uh, it was a long, it was a while ago, early in season one, I think where your uh, Celeste gave you a piece of chocolate or something. You just put it on your desk, like didn't touch it for, for, <laughs> for like weeks or months or whatever. And she sees it and she's like, what the like probably didn't say what the fuck but like what the hell you didn't why haven't you why haven't you eaten it yet like "Eh, eh, i just i haven't yet and so i i see where that comes from now it's almost like there is not that there's a right practice or like some sort of structure that goes along with this but there's opportunities to let go of the story in so many ways and it's like when we act upon the opinion it's not that that's wrong or anything but they're all opportunities to let go more of the story which again isn't a good thing necessarily but it's an opportunity to see what's beyond that that idea of i want this to happen or i want to do this right now what if i didn't do that what if i did this thing that i don't want to do right now and they're all opportunities to let go of the story yeah and they're all over all the time right but 
that's the point. And I think it's really important because you were mentioning your friend who, who feels like he's disassociating. Your friend's likely very comfortable and is living a repetitive life where he deals with the same shit every day, in which case he should go out and deal with something that he has no idea what the hell is going on. He should be super confused and very frustrated doing something that he's never done before, because then he'll see those opinions pop up again. All of a sudden, he'll firmly be back in himself. And that's the point of challenge. Right? That's the point of, of getting out and doing things that you're, un, that you're not familiar with. Right? Because then all of a sudden, you're thinking about yourself being not familiar. And that's the practice. Right? is to accept, right? I don't need to think about myself just because it's unfamiliar, right? I just need to pay attention. And then after a while, you stop worrying about disassociating because you're disassociating from an illusion. What you're supposed to be associating with, by contrast, is reality. But if you're disassoci disassociating from an illusion and it's all you've ever known, that's all you're going to think about. You know, I'm disassociated. I don't know what to think about. Don't think about anything. Do something. Go out, do something. Go for a jog. Build a coffee table. Challenge yourself. That's the point. And you will find, oh, you get brought back to the moment where your brain will go, hey, sweet, more stuff to build concepts out of and you're back in the mix. Right? But that's the point is just getting out there and giving yourself a chance to see those opportunities and to recognize that the path of letting go of your opinion is just as valid and just as important as the path of exploring those opinions. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And it's, it's funny how if someone's caught in a rut or something, people will say like, Oh, just, you know, try something new, go do something different, shake things up, change your day, like switch up your morning routine or whatever. And it gives you the opportunity. And, and it's like, that's sort of, a core insight of of anything is when we're caught in a state of comfort or, or familiarity we build you know the structure gets deeper the opinions get deeper the the discomfort with that changing gets stronger but it it hinders our ability to grow like if we stay in the same exact structure the same exact situation all the time and just get deeper and deeper and deeper into that and just reinforce it all the time and never change it, never shift, never try anything new. Like anything outside of those walls that we've created is going to be very uncomfortable. But also, as long as we stay within those walls, we'll never grow because that's where we're at. And so we start to experience something new or different, or even just have different thought patterns that could lead to an experience of growth of some sort. But because it's uncomfortable, we're like, oh, what is this? And, and then we start thinking about ourselves. What does this mean about me? I'm, I'm doing this. This is happening to me. But it's all distorted based on the illusion that it's you that it's happening to. But the walls and, and the structures and the routine keeps us comfortable in that idea. And so getting outside of that helps us let go of that idea more and more yeah but it's a process and it's a process that oddly and paradoxically enough requires you to let go until you're letting go of the idea of you letting go good times
Right. Uh, we are wrapping up here in about seven minutes. So I just wanted to make a quick announcement, of course, to the listener. Um, if you haven't had a chance to join us on Dualistic Unity Raw as we record, we'd love to see you. Join us at twitch.tv slash dualisticunity on Sunday or Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern time or Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We talk for two hours like this, or an hour and 45 minutes on average, sometimes a little bit over. And then afterwards, we go on to Patreon, where we have a group discussion with all of our supporters face-to-face. -face. They can ask us questions. They can talk to us. We can reflect on all of the stuff that was said here. But if you can join us for one of these live recordings, you can also participate on YouTube or Twitch uh, in the comments section. Or if you're on our Discord, you can participate in the comments from our Discord as well as the live stream is going on. So it's all about engagement. We would love to have you join us. Just want to make that announcement quickly. Yeah, these these have been a lot of fun. I like that we turn these into episodes as well because we. I, I realized early on, like this is no different than any of our episodes. Like it, it seems more like it would fit if we had to fit, you know, the category of live streaming versus a podcast episode. It's just that all of our podcasts fit into the, you know, what people would typically think of as a live stream because we just go back and forth and it's just a conversation. There's no structure to it. We don't have ideas about it going in. So we're basically, the podcast is just live streaming without an audience that's live and we're just talking. And so it makes sense. And and there really isn't much difference at all besides, besides maybe getting into some more uh, uncomfortable stuff on the you raw but it, it's not even that it's not like we plan on that it's just that i don't know there there's less it's not even the, there's less we hold on to like we, we'll probably start getting into controversial stuff on regular episodes too i totally. guess we just kind of yeah right i mean the, the whole point is that here we're not in a position where we can ask each other like you want to cover this this week we're live Right. The most we get is occasional chat comment like we did last week. It's like, do you, want to, you want to go here? All right. And that's it. And that's the whole point. Whereas on the podcast, we actually discuss it. We're like, do you want to do this right now? No, I don't think we're there yet. Or there's still more to build underneath it. And we'll, we'll have that discussion. Whereas on live, it's unfiltered. It's very much just the way that we talk as a whole. Uh, so just keep that in mind. It's one of the reasons I enjoy these live streams so much is that we can engage with the audience in the comment section. But I think it's also important to recognize that to me, that's no different than hanging out by myself. I'm still learning from myself, whether it's Andrew or you in the comment section or you joining us as a guest here on the podcast or talking to my family. To me, I'm always talking to myself. There's no difference. It's just more of me that I have access to, which is why the community is so important. You, the listener, are so important because you're informing everything we do just by being you. You don't have to worry about whether or not you're doing a good or a bad job in doing that. You're doing that. You always have been. The ripples that you've been sending out since the day you came into existence affect everyone. We might be worlds apart. That doesn't mean you haven't affected our lives or the people that we've become. Endless ripples. Yeah, it's it's. A lot of fun seeing things in that way. And just even on this episode, like recognizing the the tool or the expression that that Andrew is, but not in the personal sense. I'm curious because obviously I'm 
going in and out of clarity all the time. And that's a part of it is just, you know, pendulum swings back and forth. No right or wrong way to go about it. It's just what's happening. How, how often do you, or do you ever for, forget that? Cause like, I forget it all the time that I'm not just Andrew and get caught up in things like that. Do you, at this point, after 20 years, forget that ever? That's a difficult question. I'm going to say that occasionally I'll lose sight of it for like a moment or two. I don't forget it. It's just I'll get caught up in a reaction. And then I'll go, oh, I'm caught up. And as soon as I've recognized I'm caught up, there it is again. Right? So no, more often than not, it's Ray I have to remind myself I am. Right. So that's that's a different experience in itself, for sure. And not in a negative way. It's not like I walk around like, who am I? You know, I'm fine. I get into a conversation. You know, it's it's right there. It's just that when it's not necessary, the tool's not used. Right. And that's pretty much it. It really is just when it's necessary. You know, when I'm not having a conversation like this, I am blissfully quiet walking around staring at squirrels and shit like it just my life is very free and, and it's simply because i recognize the difference between the illusion and, and the reality and the reality is not something i can think about right it's something i can think about that doesn't make it the reality right and that's it is after enough time you just learn to dance with it recognize it's part of the nature of your existence it doesn't have to be an uphill struggle right it doesn't it doesn't have to be it doesn't mean it's not going to be a struggle it doesn't mean there's no challenge. It just means that you don't have to make it worse by adding an 80 pound backpack full of your concept of me and then trying to struggle up that hill. That's ridiculous. You know, but I did have a thought and I wanted to end on this because we're exploring the perception of the individual versus the collective. Of course, the collective not actually existing. It's still the individual on a larger scale, right? That said, just as when you are struggling through a lesson. And if you were to look at your thoughts as a stream, as your brain processes that lesson, there were going to be parts of that stream that are negative and parts of that stream that are positive. There are going to be parts of that stream that are confused and parts of those streams that are of that stream that are insights. You individually. So one has to wonder if individually on a collective level, the larger individual, your moments of confusion individually, Andrew, are to result of the same stream that I'm a part of, but I'm in a different part of it on the clear end. So I couldn't get to the clear end without you going through the confusion because we're not separate minds. We're just different synapses. So we're all part of the same stream of growth. And those moments of confusion that we beat ourselves up for are required by our collective to process this insight on a larger level. So maybe you're not confused. Maybe you're just expressing a part of us that is confusion so that other parts of us can express clarity as we process this. So that's my ending thought for this episode of Dualistic Unity Raw. Uh, it's been a, just a blast. Again, we'd love to see you in the comment section here on this, uh, on these episodes. Thank you so much for joining us. Join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash dualisticunity. You can chat with us five days a week. It's so much fun. So much fun. All right. Bye, everyone.